Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out, no matter how hard it rains. In my city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 286th episode of Real Hawk Talk. I am Brian Nemhauser. You can find me on Twitter at HawkBlogger. And, folks, this is hopefully certainly going to be worth uh, more of your time than the Jets versus the Raiders, which is currently the Sunday night football game. Man, is it just me or is the NFL having a rough season? Like, there's just a lot of not watchable games. Like I don't want to watch a lot of these teams play and a lot of them end up being on prime time as well, but we're not going to talk about that right now. We are going to talk about your six and three Seahawks who little told story suddenly winning games at home after years of being a better road team like a mediocre home team the Seahawks your Seahawks are four and one at home their only loss was the first game of the season which was a throwaway game I think if if uh if you'll give me that uh between the injuries to both tackles in the second half between just not being prepared for that game um mm. Your Seahawks are, have won their last four games at home. So that's something. That's something. There's more than a, just one thing to talk about in this game. I will warn everybody. I may be a little loopy. I was in New York this morning and woke up at what was 1.45 a.m. Pacific time. I, ch I had a 9.30 flight out of New York scheduled to come and land in Seattle around 1245. And my plan was to go straight to the game. And I was like, screw that. I'm going to take the 720 flight out of New York. So <laughs> I got up at 145am, went to JFK, got through there, got to SeaTac. I don't know what the hell's going on in SeaTac baggage claim. They're doing all sorts of construction. It was a nightmare. Uh, went straight to the game. I, I basically got about an hour, hour and a half of sleep. So I'm I'm a little bit bleary-eyed, to be totally honest, even though it's, what, 5, 5.30? My, my clock still say it's 8.30, but I know that's not right. Um, So, <laughs> yes, as I was saying, I'm going to be a little bit all over the place, so forgive me. Um, And 
you can uh, show a little appreciation, which I would appreciate. Give the show a like, subscribe to the channel, and go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Join now to become part of the community. I think it's the best community for Seahawks fans on the web. Great folks. And everything you donate, everything you uh, contribute goes to charity. Over $260,000 donated. And it is still not too late to join the Ring of Honor. We are going to have our steak dinner probably at Daniel's Broiler in a couple of weeks. You can still get in if you join the Ring of Honor before then. All right, so let's talk about this game, folks. Um, I think you got to start with Geno Smith. I think you got to start with Geno Smith because, I mean, this guy, I, I, I have probably been one of his most staunch supporters and biggest backers and someone who's really believed in what he's capable of. And I'll admit it. First half, I was like, screw it. Put in, put in Drew Locke. I mean, <laughs> I, I, there was a throw that Gino had, and I think it might have been to Noah Fant, who was wide open, and Gino threw it eight yards to his right. Looking back on it now, I have to hope that the ball slipped out of his hands or something with the wet weather because it was just awful. And he looked tentative. Uh, he was still just not great in that first half. His numbers weren't awful. He didn't have any turnovers. He was on a on pace, for people might not know, he was on pace for a 300-yard game. In the first half, I think he had like 147 yards passing. But it didn't feel that way. It really didn't feel that way. And the offense just kept having trouble. There was number a couple fourth and ones that one, you know, they had a delay of game. Another Jason Peters had a false start. Um, end of the half, Geno Smith takes a sack that you cannot take in a position where they could have had a field goal. It just, it was uneven at best. And he had a, I think, a near perfect second half. I think he was fantastic in the second half. Now, there were some plays I, I might not have, you know, might have made different decisions about. But honestly, if I'm really being honest, my frustration with Gino over the last few weeks and then the first half of this game leaked into the second half. And every time he threw the ball, I was like, oh, like what's going to happen? Like he would and he would thread the ball over a defender and into Tyler Lockett's hands or, you know, he would find one of his receivers on a screen, which, by the way, we'll come back to that in a second. But he he did great. I mean, he really did great in the second half. I don't know what more you could ask for outside of two touchdowns in the second half, no interceptions, two passing touchdowns in the second half, um, led not one, but two go-ahead drives in the last few minutes of the game, including one with only a few seconds left, including the a one where there was a false start on, sorry, false start by everybody but the center on the first play, backed him up. All the way into, let's see, what was it? Um, yeah, the 25-yard line. So I think their first play, yeah, they got backed up to the 20-yard line. 
So it wasn't as far back as I had remembered, but still. So, I mean, he on that drive goes 11 yards to Tyler Lockett. Uh, that was a pop pass, by the way. So a little bit, not really a great pass necessarily, but sure. He goes 20 yards to Tyler Lockett. This was the play that went up and over that I was telling you about. He goes, um, this is the biggest thing. I mean, <laughs> this is a quintessential Gino moment, right? Fourth and five on the Washington 39 yard line. This is, you know, potentially the game. And what does he do? He forces a ball to DK Metcalf. And for the first time, maybe ever, something good happened. They drew a pa pass interference penalty. And at first, I thought it was a total bullshit call. I turned, there's Commander fans sitting behind me. And I was like, sorry, dude, that was a bad call. And they're like, I know. And then we both saw the replay and we both said, oh, no, that was actually a legit call. So there you go. So perfect example of a Gino moment where it's like, oh, man, that's not great. But hey, it worked out. And then after that, Tyler Lockett for 16. Um, and then that pass to Tyler for the touchdown it was a beaut. So, you know, that was one. And then, you know, the final drive, you had 52 seconds. You start with the ball at... Um, a 35 yard line, three yards to Jack, Zach Charbonnet, who, uh, ironically, uh, no, ironic is not the right word here. Uh, unwisely decides to truck his, his defender instead of getting out of bounds. So that use a timeout one timeout to go from your 28 yard line. Um, he passes again to Charbonnet for another three yards, third and four big play. And he finds DK Metcalf for 17 yards. Um, gets you all the way to midfield, essentially. Takes your last time out. And uh, then Gino forces another one to DK behind him on a slant. Nothing there. Second and 10. And this was the play of the game. Gino Smith hits DK Metcalf for 27 yards to the Washington 25. And from there, the game was over. Um, little chippy field goal, you know, that anybody could make. And, uh, you credit Geno Smith for a game winning drive and that's how it goes. So I see we got a couple super chats. Uh, we'll acknowledge here, uh, someone X Savage. There's a lot of X's, which makes me concerned about, uh, who this person is and, and what's on their page. But, uh, they want me to invite Evan to the show. Evan was invited to the show. Evan was invited to the show. Evan's even in chat, but he can't be bothered. Um, oh, he's here. You want me to send you the link to join, Evan? All right. All right. Here we go, you fucker. We're going to let you come in. We're going to let you come in, even though I know that you're, you're probably only going to be here for like three seconds to, to, to talk about one player. But here you go. Invites in. Let's see if you can you can manage to to click on it. Um. So yeah, like wild, wild game for Geno Smith. And <laughs> here we go. 
Here we go. Hold on. Let's get a. Hey, nerd. What's up, dude? It only you? took me. I okay. I had to text you. I had to call you. You're on. Do not disturb on all of those. Yeah. I had to tweet at you. I had to group DM you. I had to beg people to submit super chats. You're you're. I don't actually know why I'm on. Do not disturb. That's unintentional. No, I but respect. I respect the dedication. Uh, I got back from the dog park early, so I wanted to chat. I love you. having you on, man. Well, I mean, I I'm I expected maybe like a drive by, but uh, how are you feeling about what you just witnessed? <sighs> that was like the most hideous win of all time, and I absolutely loved the second half. Yeah. It was kind of fun at the end, right? Like, what oh a shit god. game for so long. 16 to 12, like... Oh my god. And then all of a sudden, it was like, bam, bam, bam. Like, it turned into a shootout. Oh my gosh. So, for we were talking about this on chat, but when Seattle scored, um, uh, I, I had to leave to meet my parents. I had something scheduled today with them. And I assumed, like, the defense would take care of it with two minutes left. Bad idea. So, like, I'm kind of checking Twitter. This is not right. Don't do this. But, like, I have it, like, scrolling in the background while I'm driving. <laughs> and I, I, like, rush to a parking lot. And I, like, pull over. And I'm, like, watching this on my phone. But it was uh, it was intense. It was uh, it was a crazy game. There's lots of things we could talk about. I don't know. I don't know what you could Well, I want to know. I mean... I'm going to get, I mean, I give you the opening. Like I know your, your primary storyline for you in this game. Yeah. Let's, do you want to, do you want to talk about him? Yeah. I, I think, I think it's, it's inevitable. We might as well get so, it out of the way. So who scored the most points for the Seattle Seahawks tonight? The kicker. What's his name? His name is Jason Myers. His name is Jason Myers, motherfucker. Five of five. He has been killing it week on week. Let's just talk about this for a second. Early on in the season, he did have one tragic game where he missed several field goals. I think maybe, an, I don't think he missed an extra point, but for sure several field goals. This motherfucker has bounced back. He has bounced back. And yes. he's been super consistent. And what can we say, man? It, it he he came through when it was critical. This was a incredibly messy game. If he misses that kick, you know, it's very possible the momentum shifts the other way, and you know the Commanders could win this game. So, I you know my trolling aside, um, there's lots of things we could talk about. But Boye Mafe, you know, franchise record. Yeah, I got I got you talk about him because I got to look up. I've been keeping track of how rare this streak is. So uh, talk to me about Geno Smith, though. Yeah. I like, mean, I need to know your thoughts on Geno Smith. People are going to glaze over his first half performance because of how he ended this game. And maybe that's not entirely unfair, well, talk to me about his first half performance. What do you remember from that performance that's like, yeah, this was... There were a couple clear missed throws. There was one big third yeah. down conversion to... um, Who was who was open there? I completely was it forgot. Noah Fant? I think... Well, that, that was one. But yeah, then was there really... was like a running back who did like a rollout. Oh, Charbonnet. Charbonnet. That was yeah. early on in the game. Yeah. Um, There were a couple sacks that he took that he probably shouldn't have took taken, but... You know, a throwaway is probably not that much of a difference, but he just looked uh, confused and frazzled. And, you know, 
I, I don't know. It's just the Geno Smith we've seen over the past several weeks. Dude, you know? dude, I got to interrupt. Can I tell you how uh, how much I, how the looks I was getting in the stadium? Because every time he threw it away out of bounds, I would scream like, thank you. Thank you. Just fucking don't do something stupid. Just throw it away. That's a good play. Like live to fight another day. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you remember him throwing the ball away? That's it, something it, we've criticized him for. It's been weeks. Like, yeah, it's been weeks, dude. Sorry, go on. It was just really a tale of two performances. I mean, or I mean, you know, ha- two halves, different performances. Um, I think his stat line's going to look a little bit better than it probably should be just because of that K-9, 64-yard receiving touchdown. You know what? That's bull. I got to call. Everyone's saying that. I, I got to call bullshit on that. Why? Uh, Sam Howell had two of those plays in sure. this game. No one's talking about that. But the uh, bar isn't Sam Brock Howell. Cody has like 10 of those a game. Like, like, like we can't have it both ways, right? We have we have talked about the fact that they don't have a screen game, that they don't have these short passes with run after the catch, and then they get one, and we're like, well, that doesn't count. I'm like, but that fucking counts. It fucking okay. counts. That's fine. I'll concede that. But overall, Geno Smith did not play a good game. Really? That's your takeaway? He was horrible the first half. Absolutely he was, awful. He was bad the first half. He, he had no... Per- he had no interceptions in 150 yards passing. Like uh, I, that's, there was one play that probably should have been a pick six, but it wasn't. That's fair. I mean, I agree. He was bad. I don't, I think we've seen worse from him. So it's hard for me to say he was horrible. Okay. That's fine. And then the second half, dude, he was really good. He was the fourth quarter, particularly. He was almost so like, I don't know how you could say he was, he played poorly this game. He threw, he threw for a career high threw for like 370 yards. It's so weird because it doesn't feel like it. I, I mean, look, I I mean, I was you, you you were in the chat with me, dude. I was like, dude, all I'm saying is like put lock in the, there. The, yeah, I mean, like we I'm absolutely going to commend him for his fourth quarter, you know, performance. He was brilliant. He was almost perfect. OK, um, but let's not forget that at halftime. This was not a good reflection. No, I a hundred percent agree. We just no. can't we can't discount like an entire half of play is what I'm trying to say. Dude, we we do that all the time. I mean, he, he was yeah, but like I agree. Like I was like so done with him in the first half, and it's not just the first half. It's been like weeks mm-hmm. of of him just looking lost out there. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I want to I want to continue to see what we got in in the fourth quarter from him. I don't know. I just I. I'm going to be interested to see some of the numbers of the offensive line because I thought the offensive line actually played okay. Like, am I? What, was that your impression? They weren't horrible. There were okay. not like specific moments where I feel like there was one Evan Brown. Oh, Evan Brown! He, fuck up. <laughs> yeah, he missed an assignment. All right, fresh, hot off the presses, hot off the presses. I haven't tweeted this yet. Mm-hmm. Um. There are only two players in the history of the NFL that have had a streak of at least seven games with a sack in the first two years of their career. Javon Kurse in 1999 and Alden Smith in 2012. Your second year, second round defensive end, Boye Mafe, becomes the third. If he gets one more in a row, he will tie the record 
for most games with at least one sack in the first two years of a player's career. That's fucking, that's wild. Yeah, there's there's two guys defensively that like really excite me as pieces that we can like legitimately build around. And it's Devin Witherspoon and Boye Mafe. Tariq Woolen, you could add to that list, but like those are the two that stand out to me. So you didn't get to see the end uh, and how the defense played. It was weird, dude, because I felt like they'd played well. It was basically two broken plays for touchdowns, and then they'd shut them down, and then all of a sudden, Washington goes down, scores two touchdowns in a row at the time that matters most. Like, the Seahawks offense finally does something. with was so Seahawk. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I got to give Howell some credit. That guy is good. Mm -hmm. He's better than people think. He's he's good, man. I think he's gonna be really good. But I don't know what happened on defense and how they like they just that last touchdown to tie was like embarrassing. There's a lot of poor tackling again today. There was That's like a consistent theme. I feel like we've had all season long. Like Jamal will whiff. Jamal had a big whiff on a sack today. The, the oh, that was on a play. touchdown play. Yeah, that was the first drive, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Seahawks had some kind of game plan of like blitzing early. Like they blitzed a lot, and Howell was just eating them alive. Um, I mean, one area, though, I do feel like we have to give credit towards is the defense in the first half. They only allowed nine points. It's right. not even just the first half, it's through three quarters. I mean, they allowed like sure. 200 yards of offense. Like they were, it was like headed towards another like great game for them. And then it just fell apart. Yeah. I guess I give them a little bit of grace because I feel like they kept us in this game for this, for the, for our offense to figure it out. Okay. Can I, can I ask you a question? I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to read you a list of teams that are six and three. Okay. In the NFL. Okay. And I want you to tell me where the Seahawks rank in this list of six and three teams. Okay. And, and how many teams are there? There are two, three, four, including the Seahawks, five, six, seven. Okay. Okay. San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Jacksonville. Jacksonville, six and three. Jacksonville, six and three. On paper, that might have been one of the harder games the 49ers have left outside of the Seahawks and Eagles. Uh, well, they got Baltimore, too. Um, Miami. Pittsburgh. Mm. Cleveland. And Dallas. Which any of those teams you think are below the Seahawks as, as, as a six and three team? Probably like, probably like four of them. The Jags. Um, the Jags, the Browns, Browns was one, right? Yep. Browns. I'd put the Steelers below them. Yep. And I think one other Seahawks, Niners. Who's the sixth team that I'm there's, missing? There's Jacksonville, Miami. Ooh, maybe, maybe it's three teams. Yeah, I'd probably I put three. Miami and Niners above them. Realistically. Yeah. And I'm not sure Jacksonville's, I think they're probably, they're probably similar to Jacksonville. Um, you know, but like, I, I was going to say, is this the worst six and three team in the NFL? Mm. But it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's not, dude. It's not. They're they're a good football team. They're just not a, I hesitate to say they're a great football team. 
even they're not off, a great football team. I know. And I, and people don't want to hear that, but even after a win like this, I still feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to do with this game, dude. Like it, it was, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to whack off to Jason Myers highlights. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Man. So it's just a Sunday night. Five of five, it's a man. Sunday night. Five of five. I cannot believe it. Gino had no turnovers today, which is big, by the way. Totally I'm telling you, man. I'll take that. That's an improvement. That's an improvement. We Not had... only that, but I think he only had maybe like one or two throws that were like either turnover worthy or just like, what the fuck are you doing? He definitely felt more cautious today. Especially early. Yes. He was like getting rid of it fast. He Like there was a couple times there was guys open down the field. Here's the thing. So you were saying he sucked in the first half. Mm-hmm. I'm remembering a little bit more. It wasn't as much that he like would make a bad throw, which there were a few of those for sure. He was missing open guys. Like he was not seeing the field. And the big, no- the big one that I remember was the DK Metcalf contested catch down the left sideline. Noah Fant was like wide open. Yeah. That was like yeah. a pivotal one. Yeah. Um. How do we feel that? How do we feel about Quandre Diggs? Total shift of topic. He's a guy. Like he's not worth the contract he's due next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for Jarek Reed being an up and comer. Like, stick that guy in there, or have Julian Love back there with, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Disley had a couple bright moments. He did. He did. I thought JSN started strong. He did. And then he just disappeared the rest of the game. Um, oh, oh, we got it. The Seahawks have a screen game. <laughs> yes. How is it, how is this a thing? In All of a sudden. Yeah. Right? Like, they had, like, Disley had a good screen. JSN had a couple good screens. Lockett had a good screen. Like, mm-hmm. is that... Is that really happening that the Seahawks have a screen game? Oh, what are we talking about? We haven't talked about DK Metcalf. Mm. What do you make a DK Metcalf, dude? He's right there with Gino, isn't he? Like, isn't he just like the two of them? What do you do with those two guys? I'm very confused on DK. I'm very confused. Because he'll show up in prime time, you know, at the close of your game like he did today. But he's just absent for so many quarters at a time and he doesn't seem to make an impact uh, for whatever reason, as consistently as I think I expect him to. Um, he struggles with contested catches. That's just a fact. Um, he's at, He's been one of my, people aren't going to like this, but one of my more disappointing players this year. Yeah. I think relative to, relative to, he's. it's not like he's a bad receiver to be clear. It's just like relative to what they paid him at and what type of production they expect out of him. I mean, he's a he's the sixth highest paid receiver in the NFL. It might be higher. I need to double check, but it's like in that range. So, I don't even say think it's like right to say that he shows up in the clutch. I mean, he did today. Yeah. But I mean, we were talking about it in text when there's a when they throw the ball deep to him and there's like a contested catch, I have 0% hope that he's going to make a play on it. Mm-hmm. He's almost like for such a brilliant athlete, he's almost clumsy and awkward. 
mm-hmm. going up for he doesn't high point a ball. He doesn't like he's a 230 pound receiver and he never bodies guys up and knocks them off the ball. Like, I, I don't know. He, he, he came up at the end though. So like he ends up with 98 yards receiving basically wins the game there at the end. Um, I don't know, man. I, at the, at the first half I was like, is JSN our best receiver now? Tyler Lockett still is probably. I think he is. He so came he, in this, clutch today. This is eight catches and 10 targets, 92 yards, and what should have been the game-winning score. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler was great today. I Zach Charbonnet, man. Mm. That guy, like, I feel like touch for touch. He's like as good of a weapon as they've got, and he, he needs more touches. He got six carries today. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. Every touch he gets, he's a workhorse. He's slamming through guys. He's dragging guys. Right. It's uh, it's it's got to be inspiring, honestly, to play next to a player like that. I mean, if you look at his last few games, so today six carries, forty-four yards, seven point three average. Um, we're gonna scratch Baltimore because nobody did dick that game. Five carries, 53 for 10.6 average against Cleveland. Like, in almost every game, he's averaging six or more. He's averaging, like, almost six yards a carry. But he hasn't, like, the most he's ever carried the ball is nine times in a game. And I just think this guy should be getting 10 carries a game. And I still, what do you think about Shane Waldron's game today? Like, I don't know how to feel about him. Right. I'd be curious for your take, actually. Well, so... I asked for a few things to like my, my get well plan for Geno Smith was throw the ball away. The first two things are things he can control. Throw the ball away when there's not a play. Don't take the sack Two, take advantage of outlet passes on time. Don't hold on to it too long. Swing it out. So by the way, he did both of those things today better than he has the rest of the season. Like it wasn't great, but it was better. It was definitely better. And then there's other two things were have some short passes worked into the offense and have outlets like available. Shane Waldron, I thought did a better job of that today. We talked about the screen game. We talked about, he did have some outlets, some swing passes. And then the fourth thing was run the fucking ball. And that's the one thing where I can only give him a, like a C on it today because they'd run the ball a couple of times for like they're, they were getting yards on the ground. Like the worst, the worst plays were like two yard gains. I can live with that. And they just would get away with it. And Washington, it was like, I turned to my buddy. I was watching the game with on the second to last drive. They ran the ball five times in a row because they were being successful. And I'm like, that used to be Seattle. Why am I like, I would have never guessed Evan that I'd be like screaming at you saying why won't Pete Carroll's team run the ball like where what bizarro world is this so like that's my biggest criticism right now is I think Jeff said it well maybe maybe he's a good play designer but not a play caller he doesn't seem to get the rhythms of games um he gets in ruts where he just passes like seven times in a row I don't know I I'm not in love with Shane Waldron but can't argue with the fact that uh, 
his offense ends up with almost 500 yards today, dude. 29 points and a victory. So you got to give him some props. I think the frustration with Shane Waldron is his inconsistency, though, when it comes to having this offense ready on game day. Like, I, like, what's your confidence level going into next week against the Rams with Shane Waldron? Oh, not like, just with Shane Waldron, just with Sean McVay and what he's done to the, you know the Seahawks defense in the past too. Like, it's not high. Exactly. I, I, I give. I give the Seahawks less than a 50-50 chance in that game, assuming Stafford plays. Mm-hmm. Did you know there were five games today that ended on walk-off field goals? Really? Yeah. This was a really ugly slate of games today. Cleveland, um, Houston, Arizona, Detroit, and Seattle all ended in walk-off field goals. All five were successful. Our boy CJ Stroud. Dude, he's a stud. We were right on that one. We've been wrong. I've been wrong about a million things, but like my get plowed for Stroud campaign. (laughs) Let me tell you, I am. I look back on that one with um, Uh, a bit of regret, envy. Yeah. Yeah. I I hear you. Successful is if he was playing in Carolina right now. I think he'd be more successful than Bryce Young. Okay, that I agree with that. But would he be? At or close to the same. Movie. No, I don't think so. I mean, he's got he's got like he's got some um, young weapons and a better offensive line in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a good thing for you know Seahawks fans in some ways because the Texans are five and four. Um, we were freaking out that the Cardinals had their pick and thinking they were going to get the top two picks in the draft. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Cardinals won today. Now they've got Kyler Murray back and James Conner back. And so they're two and eight. The, the Cardinals, I don't know what they're doing a little bit. Like they're kind of, they're taking themselves out of the Caleb Williams Derby. They really uh, are. Can uh, I, can I mention one other player who's, of course. I think deserves like crazy uh, regards today. And it's an obvious one. And I feel like it's starting to get, um, Overlooked to an extent because he's been playing so well, but Devin Witherspoon is just oh, yeah. absurd. Like, yeah. like this dude was nearly flawless in coverage, had like four pass breakups today. It may have been five, a forced fumble, and nearly an interception. What? Yeah, he was fantastic. What? He was fantastic. That's a great call out. And and I he is think- so good, Brian. He is so good. You like, were watching on TV, so you'd have a better idea. Was he matching up with Terry McLaurin a lot? I I wasn't watching closely. Okay. Because Terry McLaurin only has four catches and eight targets for 33 yards. And this guy is one of the best receivers in football. Like, he's unheralded because it's, the commanders always have shitty quarterbacks. But this guy is, like, a really, really good receiver. I'm actually looking right now. Um, That was almost almost a season low. First game of the year, he had 31 yards receiving. Um, I almost wonder if he got hurt in that game because he, he only had four targets. But it is not often that you hold Terry McLaurin to 33 yards. Um, I, I think that I saw him guarding McLaurin. Um, but who knows? Yeah, I'm trying to see if there was any... Um... Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can find any matchup data. I'm not seeing anything right now. Um, if two the, of his two of his pass breakups did come up on uh, McLaurin, though, 
It did. It did. Two of them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He he is he. I mean, he's fucking. I love watching him play. I love watching and, him play. And the near interception was on on the on him as well. Well, and he also like batted like he batted down a pass that was almost picked off by a Woolen. I thought Reek Woolen had one of his better games. He did. Um, he did. I thought he was solid today. Um, How do we feel about Jamal Adams talking shit after miss missed tackles? Does that bother anybody else? Um, is this a, is this a sensitive topic? No, 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 not for me. Here, here, here's where I'm at on Jamal Adams, and these are like. Too like genuine, like how I think about Jamal Adams. One, I don't think he's that great. Like, at this point. I think he's okay. like, I think he's an, I think he's like slightly above average starter right now. Um, and then the other thing I think is we've got more games out of him than I expected. Like, it's cool that he's actually getting to be on the field, and maybe, 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 maybe if he can stay healthy. Maybe it's like Trey Brown last year when he came back. Um, he didn't look like a very good player. And then the next year of rehab after the returning from an injury, players usually make a little bit of a jump. So maybe if he can stay healthy, have an off season, maybe, maybe, maybe he can be, I don't know. That's my, that's exactly, that's what I think of Jamal Adams. So I don't think a lot about him. What do you think? It just kind of like I understand he's a very high energy guy, and like <laughs> I'm not playing on a national football league like in a, in an NFL game, so I get that. There's high emotions. These guys are like, you know, crazy athletes, and there's a lot of adrenaline, and I understand all of that. But it's just a weird look to me when the dude is like celebrating and and talking shit after consistently missing tackle it just bothers me but is this is maybe this, i need to be more so reflect the sun is this real or is this a joke he says that jamal adams in the press conference said i'm glad it didn't go into ot my knee was barking that's gotta be a joke is that real someone someone tell us if it's real or not my i'm lurking this up i don't really know what that means though my knee was Means that his knee was was sore. It was throbbing. No, I don't see that on Twitter. Unless it's a unless it's a misquote. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, a couple other interesting things. Um, Leonard Williams gets his first, first sack as Absolutely. a Seahawk. I thought he played okay. Um, Draymond Jones, I don't know if they talked about this on the, sh the, the broadcast at all. So he actually used him a little differently today. Um, they played him at Uchenna Nwosu's spot. Mm. They played him at end. Um, not, well, they played him at edge. Um, so they had these, these, um, packages where he was on the edge. Mafe was on the other edge and Leonard Williams and like Jaron Reed were in the middle. And so I'm wondering if they're gonna. He didn't. He got his sack playing back his normal interior, you know, defensive tackle position. But um, I wonder what's gonna happen there. Frank Clark. I don't think this guy's an NFL player anymore. I don't know if he's gonna stay on the roster. To be yeah. honest, he looks confused. He does not. He looks out of place. He does. He's not. He's not present. Yeah. Um. Who else? Um, 
Oh boy, wait a second. I think there was a Jamal quote. Let me listen to this for one sec. Yeah, go ahead. Um, while well, I was doing that, I mean, <laughs> it is just wild. It is wild to me to look at these standings. And as it stands right now for the Seahawks, um, they are the fifth seed. Is that right? Yeah, they are the fifth seed. Um, they have the tiebreaker over Dallas because they have a better winning percentage in conference games. Oh, by the way, Evan, I don't know if you know this. This was a massive leverage game for the Seahawks playoff odds. It was like a 33% chance difference, right? I I might be totally misremembering, but I thought it was like 82% if they won and like 33% if they lost. I thought it was like a huge swing. I actually have this. So, okay, okay, okay. So a win on Sunday today puts the Seahawks in a great position to make the playoffs. 82% with a win, 52% with a loss. Okay, all right, thank you. So maybe I was remembering the 30 points difference but uh Still, that's significant that's it's a huge like huge 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 um <laughs> uh i mean really it's the seahawks at six and three the cowboys at six and three they're gonna play each other I, you know i don't think anyone would pick the seahawks in that game right now um and then the vikings at six and four and then Nobody else has more than four wins. Mm-hmm. I want to pull up the Niners schedule real quick. So they play the Bucks next week. Could they lose that game? I mean, That's Bucks are four and five. It seems unlikely. Yeah. I didn't watch the second half of the 49ers game, but they just absolutely were overwhelming Jacksonville. It's basically what the Ravens did to Seattle, right? Yeah. Pretty close to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I can't believe the Ravens lost. I can't believe that they gave up 30 points to the Browns. Did they, lose? they lost to the Browns today? They lost to the Browns, dude. How did I miss that? Yeah. It was wild. Um, God, football is so weird. And, we and the Texans beat the Bengals, which also is bizarre. That's less, shock- that's less shocking to me. It is. The Browns the, beating the Ravens is pretty. How the f- the Steelers are not good. How do they keep they're winning? Just, I so think the Steelers might be like something like the Seahawks. Just like super strong defensively and somehow pull it off offensively. Yeah, just like flawed, but finding ways to, to win. Um, the, the, the only way the Steelers are, they're six and three, right? Yes. I think. It, this is like pure Mike Tomlin, just like dirty magic. <laughs> There's no other explanation for this. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, man. I think the game of the day must have been, well, one of the games, the Lions-Chargers games looked like that was a lot of fun. 41-38, uh, Lions come out on top. Lions are 7-2, man. Yeah. So 7-2 teams are Eagles, Lions. Who else? Um, hold on. I don't think in the, any in, the, in the NFC of all of all. Oh, of all, um, Eagles, Lions, Chiefs. Oh, Chiefs, duh. 
Yeah. Those we are the lost only ones. Broncos last week, which was so weird. Yeah, Mahomes was hurt. I mean, or oh, ill. Was he? he was like super, super ill. Um, but like, yeah, I, the Ravens. I'm gonna chalk it up to weird division shit. Um, and the, the Browns have an excellent defense, but I still think that Ravens team is the team to beat in the AFC. That was that was just such a good team. I, I don't understand how that happened today. I think Lamar threw like two picks. Did he? Yeah, I was, just, I was just seeing that they gave up a 15 point lead, which is pretty wild, too. Yeah. Um. All right. I got to eat my dinner. So I'm going to wrap up here in a little bit. Um, is there anybody and, else we should call out? Like, well, tell me this. I mean, I saw Jason Peters rotating in there and Stone Forsyth. I, I was like wanting it to be Forsyth, but I think I saw a lot of Peters. Did you get any sense of, of how how either of them played? We're going to have to go back and watch the tape. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Kenneth Walker, we didn't really talk about much. I thought he had a decent game. Um, obviously, that, that, that touchdown catch was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to get him the ball more. <laughs> here's a question. Super chat from Tyler Short. Do you trade Pete for Mike Tomlin? No. Yeah. But Why? I do like Mike Tomlin. Yeah. I just think he's like he's a similar type of coach, I think, to Pete Carroll. He's just um a not as good version. But he's still really good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, players love Mike Tomlin. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, this Seahawks team sits six and three, mm-hmm. fifth place in the NFC with an eighty percent plus chance of making the playoffs. They're heading into next week a three and six Rams team that, let's see, has lost three games in a row 20 to three to the Packers that did not have Matthew Stafford, 43 to 20 to the Cowboys, and 24 to 17 to the Steelers, that same Steelers team. This is the team that started your season off by beating your ass. Beating your ass 30 to 13. Matt Stafford absolutely torched the Seahawks. Now, you didn't have Devin Witherspoon in that game. You were ahead at halftime. You lost both starting tackles and played the second half and couldn't do shit. But I'm not sitting here saying it's all like excuses. Matt Stafford absolutely trashed the Seahawks in that game. He destroyed us. Um, I mean, you get you you find a way to get that win, and like well, a lot of the rest of the season doesn't really matter because I don't think you're winning the division probably. But th- but it would be fun to be what would that be seven and three, forty nine or seven and three Go coming in to Seattle on Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh, you're gonna give me a heart attack just thinking about it. I- I've. I've got a little bit of hope, unreasonable hope that the Seahawks could beat the Eagles. I, there's something about the, the matchup there that I feel like the Seahawks could actually beat the Eagles. And by the way, I don't think this is as shitty of a Washington Commanders team as people make it out to be. This is a four and five team coming in. They were up by 15, 16 points over the Eagles just a few weeks ago. Um, so I think, 
I don't think this was like a perfectly played game, but I think this is a quality win. Uh, it's not like they beat, you know, I don't know, the Giants, um, that kind of that kind of team. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. Well, I can tell you this. A hundred percent of the games that I have attended at SoFi Stadium, Seahawks, Rams games, the Seahawks have won. Well, you're fucking going. I know. Are you really going? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to the game next weekend. So you're gonna go. You're gonna go there, and then you're gonna be here. Wow, you are two like, straight weeks, man. Two I straight love weeks. It. I love yeah, it. it's uh, it's SoFi this weekend, and uh, to be clear, I've been to one game previously at SoFi, so 100% hit rate, one out of one. It was that Gino, <laughs> uh, I think fourth quarter, maybe it was an overtime game last year. I don't. Yeah, remember. yeah, yeah, yeah. A rare Seahawks victory over the Rams. Yeah. Well, dude, um, thanks for hopping on, and congratulations to your boy, Jason Myers. Jason fucking Myers, baby. Five of five. Get fucked, haters. Get fucked. Five of five. You hear that? All the money on this video is gone because Jason (laughs) Myers, five of five, baby. Absolutely. All right, Seahawks fans, you heard it here first. Uh, get fucked. That's that's uh, that's Evan Hill at Evan Hill HB on Twitter. I'm Brian Nemhauser at Hawk Blogger. If you haven't already, give the show a like. Subscribe to the channel. Go to Patreon.com/HawkBlogger to sign up. Get access to the Slack channel where the conversation will continue, and we will do another show coming up midweek. Let's see if the Seahawks can keep this weird season rolling. Six and three. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. Hey, folks, this is Brian Nemhauser. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. I want you to know that Real Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast platforms. Go ahead and subscribe. Have all podcasts delivered directly to your phone after each and every show. And then go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Helps us out, gets more people to the show. Then, if you haven't already done it, go to patreon.com slash and subscribe for just five bucks a month. Gets you immediate access to our Slack channel. Join hundreds of folks in that community to talk Seahawks about wins, losses, and all things in between. Not to mention, become eligible to win giveaways for Seahawks tickets and get to ask questions of the Real Hawk Talk crew every week on the show. Finally, if you haven't gone to hawkblogger.com recently, head on over. Tail the tape morning after articles are there every week. Hoping to see you there. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the show. Go Hawks. Yeah.